0: Hi everyone, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Expert Answers from Inside Scientific. Inside Scientific is the online environment for life science webinars, virtual events, interviews, and educational content that helps you do your best work. Today, we are joined by Anil Kumar K. Reddy and Graham Sadler. Anil Kumar is an assistant professor of medicine, cardiovascular sciences at Baylor College of Medicine. Graham is a product development manager at Indus Instruments, a company known for their products in preclinical cardiovascular research. They're here to discuss new research possibilities and advantages that our recently released telemetry system brings to mouse, rat, and other small animal researchers. Let's jump in.
1: Our first question from the audience would be, could you please give a little more detail on the options that are available for scheduled recording?
2: I'll go ahead and take that one. This is Graham. I've got the actually configuration software open right in front of me. And there's a number of different sample durations that are available. So this governs the length of the, of the continuous waveform that's being recorded. So you can select one second of ECG or five seconds of ECG, 15 seconds, 30 seconds, a minute, five minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, four hour, 24 hours, and continuous. And then that just governs how long the active recording is for that waveform. then you can actually select a periodicity of how often it will repeat. And those options have a lot of overlap with the previously mentioned options. But I'll just go ahead and call out some interesting ones like 15 seconds every minute or five seconds every minute. Or, you know, you could record an hour every 24 hours. Or you could record, you know, 15 minutes every hour. So this would give you a lot of coverage across different periods of time, there are specific diurnal events that you're looking to measure happening at certain periods of the day, or if you're looking to try to record data that overlaps with uh, some other experiment that happens at a specific time of the day. I'll also mention that, of course, continuous is an option where you just set it to, to run continuously and it just collects data. And then that can also be triggered on demand.
3: Great. Great. Thank
1: you. Moving on to our next question. What ECG sample rate options does this system have?
3: We can uh, set this at 512 hertz or uh, 1024 hertz. Those are the two options we have at this point that allows for uh, nice sampling of data.
1: Great, thank you, Dr. Reddy. And moving on, I am interested in housing my animals in the vivarium and bringing them up to my lab during the day for testing. Would this system work for this application?
2: Yes, that's actually one of the use cases that we designed for this system. Being able to charge the animals in a certain location and then uh, bring them to a different location for testing is one of the use cases that we uh, took really seriously when we were designing the system. And the battery capacity of the implant can actually last for, like Anil said, two weeks of continuous recording at a location that is far away from the charging station and the communication station. So you're able to power the implant, collect data, and store it internally, you know, basically anywhere, completely separated from technology or computers. So that could be, you know, recording in the vivarium as the animals just housed down there and then brought upstairs to a lab for a number of hours to, to recharge and to pull the data off, or to, you know, house it in your satellite facility and then bring those animals to do a test at a collaborating researchers lab or at a, a disconnected space of your lab where it's not very close to where you have all the, the charging and housing uh, stuff set up. So when the tr- when the device is brought back in, the implants are brought back inside range of the communication module, it actually starts pulling all the data off of those implants and clearing up space on the implant as that data is transferred. So instead of having a fixed amount of capacity on the implant, that capacity is returned to the implant once you transfer the data to the base system. So that's how you can kind of get this situation where you're able to collect a lot of data away from the the base install with the charging and communication infrastructure, and then uh, kind of pull all the data off, recharge everything and go back and collect another section of data wherever you're, you're running the experiment in a different location. Great, Grant. That's yeah, a great answer, and I, I feel
1: as though a lot of the researchers online are are going to be elated with that response. I think that will make everyone's life a lot easier. A lot of the questions coming in have been related to ECG analysis, and and one in particular is: Are there analysis features on the fly in the software, or and you know, if if yes or no, can this data be exported for additional analysis outside of the program?
3: I Probably both me and Graham can answer uh, that question. Uh, I'll answer first. Uh, yes, uh, there is an option, as you could have seen in the presentation, that we can export the data, selected segment or the entire segment, into two formats. We have currently have a, a CSV format where you can export it into Excel and do the analysis there if you're comfortable with that. We also have a BioPack format that... We can export it into and use biopack software. And if I'm correct, that comes with the package. Graham will answer that part. And you can analyze this data to get all the parameters out
2: from the biopack system. Graham, if you would like to elaborate on that. Yes, I would. Every system does ship with the biopack acknowledged software package. And we have created the export routines that are needed to seamlessly interface with type of data that they are expecting. And so we are able to just sit there and press export on our software and import into the Biopack software and it has all the right translations made to you know, understand the data rates and understand the sampling frequencies and also the channel assignments. And so that that moving back and forth from our, our software into the Biopack software is very seamless and all of the data analysis routines are stored in the Biopack acknowledged software. But yes, just the short answer is yes, the uh, Biopack acknowledged software is included with all of the systems that we sell.
1: Thank you both, Dr. Reddy and Graham, that's yeah, a great answer. We've had a few questions come in about the implant itself. So could you, you know, I'm sure it's available in in the documentation that you posted online, but could you just very quickly, you know, dimensions and just talk very briefly about, you know, the dimensions of the implant itself, you know, how easy or difficult it is going to be to to surgically implant?
2: Sure, sure, Mm -hmm. I'll take that question. So the implant is uh, 1.9 cc's in total volume and so it would require a mouse that's on the larger side. Many of our initial installs have been in rats, but we've also done quite a bit of testing in mice. The weight of the implant is uh, 2.8 grams. So it's more of the size that ends up being a, a challenging part of the implantation procedure than the weight. The animal seems to be able to handle the weight quite well. And so that's those are the, the sizes of the implant. We have, like I said, a new options coming out next year and that includes uh, new implant form factors as well as new capabilities and so we're very we're looking forward to ex- to announcing those in the first quarter of next year.
3: Great
1: and you know so sticking on the on the theme of the implant itself you know being involved in, in tele- preclinical telemetry people are often concerned with with heat buildup and things like that in the implant as it is charging and Graham could you shed a little bit more light on on if, if there is any heat that does build up, how much and how that is managed on your side?
2: Sure, sure. We use a method of power transfer that has a high frequency signal and we're the amount of power that we're transferring to the, to the implant and actually is surrounding obviously the airspace of the mouse, is a very small amount of power relative to the uh, normal metabolic functioning of the mouse the amount of heat that the mouse produces and so we actually don't see any impact upon the core temperatures of the mouse over time obviously once the the surgical healing process is taken care of there's obviously an elevated temperature response to the implantation itself but for the long-term functioning of the system the uh, the amount of power that we transfer to the implant is is not large enough to to affect the, the normal metabolic functioning or really impact the amount of heat that the mouse generates on its own. Great. And again, I'm sure that all of our attendees will be happy to hear that
1: answer for sure. Getting back into you know, parameters that are sampled and measured upon using the system, one question is how often is temperature sampled?
3: The temperature and the, the activity and the heart rate, they are all sampled and reported every six seconds. And the, I've seen uh, in the slides the dots I was referring to. So those are the things that are sampled every six seconds.
2: Yeah, and I can add a little bit of uh, insight into that as well. We're actually in the midst of a, a software update to improve that frequency to once every second, and that will be selectable by the researcher because there's a number of researchers that have contacted us who are interested in a more fine resolution on temperature and activity for the particular studies that they were working on. So that will be coming out in the next uh, month or so.
1: Great. And in terms of data quality, so data noise can be an issue with, you know, live animal studies like this as you're as you're recording as the animal, you know, it goes about its daily business. What data noise, if any, have you guys seen as the the rodents are moving
3: around? Surprisingly, we've seen, we've put animals together that are implanted in the same cage. In fact, even the ones that have just had surgery with the ones that didn't have surgery, and it's only during that initial phase where they are trying to walk, ambulate, you see a little bit of jittery type of signal, but eventually within 12 hours, the signal starts to clean out and there we don't see much noise interference from just moving around and you have seen some of the quality of the signals that have displayed and that's not just for these slides that we're seeing, we're seeing that across the board in all the animals that we have recorded uh, so far and also the data that some of our customers have reported to us. If you can elaborate on that, have you heard from customers any other
2: issues? No, we haven't haven't heard about noise issues on picking up on the ECG. And I have a theory about it, but I'm not 100% sure. But I, I think that what happens, we also make a product that has externally applied ECG leads. And my theory is that with the internal application of those ECG leads, you know, Inside the peritoneal cavity, that you see a lot less movement of the affixed sensor lead ends, and so that doesn't affect the noise that we that we measure is doesn't really get picked up nearly as much as the amount of EMG noise that gets transmitted onto the ECG signal with uh, limb applied ECG.
1: Great. All right. Thank you again. And moving on to again. Back to a couple more questions about the implant itself. Long-term use of the system, is that based upon
2: refurbishing implants or purchasing new ones? I think that's a very good question, and I think that there's a number of different answers depending upon what the researcher is trying to do. If the answer is that you want to record you know, many months of data in a single animal, the system is definitely designed to leave the implant inside of the animal and to be charged and to have the data pulled off and then to you know to continue to fill up and you know remove the implant from the memory you know as needed and that can be either done you know in a home cage scenario where that process happens continuously or it can be hap- it can happen where the animal is away from the home cage you know in other places but the whole time the information collection can be going on while the data is being spooled off and the charging is kind of happening in the background. So it's designed to do that over the course of a number of months for, you know, steady implantation in a single animal. The system is also designed to be explantable from that animal and to be put, it in, put into a different animal. And the risk of damaging the electrodes is obviously present during any explantation procedure. And depending upon the the skill of the surgeon will obviously affect the condition of the the implant and the leads after that surgery. And we have seen successful removing of devices and implanted into uh, different animals for use and they work great. And that surgical skill is something that comes with practice and time. But we also have a, a refurbishment program to fix the leads because those are really the portions of the device that become damaged during explantation. And so we're able to kind of help users extend the life of their implant without having to, to buy another one. That's kind of how that is hoping to work. So the, the main focus is not on you know, trading them in for new devices, but rather uh, reuse with careful explantation or uh, a refurbishment of the leads, which is much less expensive than, than a full device refurbishment. And less expense is uh, always the ideal
1: in, in a researcher's eye, So that's that's great, especially if, you know, these devices can be reused and, and used again in long-term studies. That's great. The question of pressure has come up quite a few times. You guys have highlighted what specific parameters uh, you're telemetry system will measure. As pressure has continued to come up, we 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 should address with the audience, you know, is that something you look to add, whether it is systemic blood pressure, blood pressure or ventricular pressures, is, is that something you guys have considered or, or will
2: look to add in the future? I can speak to this one, Anil. One of the things that we've heard a lot of feedback from the conversations that we've had with researchers, whether it's in their lab or at shows, is that this is a parameter that a lot of people want to measure. And I think if you look back at that poll that we had, that definitely rings true with a lot of people. I think it was uh, 77% wanting to to see pressure measurement in their research. And so it's definitely something that we've heard and definitely something that is, is a high priority for us. We are you know, trying to evaluate how we grow the system as time moves on. And uh, pressure is definitely high on our list.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Expert Answers and that you will tune into future episodes where researchers just like you answer questions about their work and share science. For the full webinar, please see the link in the description. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you next time.